This is the TriDot Podcast. TriDot uses your training data and genetic profile combined with predictive analytics and artificial intelligence to optimize your training, giving you better results in less time with fewer injuries. Our podcast is here to educate, inspire, and entertain. We'll talk all things triathlon with expert coaches and special guests. Join the conversation and let's improve together. Together. Welcome to the show, everyone. Now, I've been wanting to do this episode for a while. And I say a while, but a while is a very vague amount of time. So I'll be more specific. Ever since we did podcast episode 38, Nutritional Supplements for Performance with Dr. Krista Austin in June of the year 2020, and she touted the benefits of ketone supplements for athletic performance. Ever since then, I've wanted to learn more about ketone esters and what a treat to have the expert panel we have here today teaching us all about it. Our first guest joining us is Professor Kieran Clark. Now, Professor Kieran Clark is the Professor of Physiological Biochemistry at the University of Oxford. She has over 25 years research experience on cardiac function and energy metabolism and has extensively studied the effects of diet on energy metabolism in the heart skeletal muscle and brain, and thereby on physical performance and cognitive function. Her research led to the creation of the Delta G ketone drink, which we will be unpacking the performance benefits of on today's show. Professor Clark, welcome to the podcast. Well, thank you very much for having me. I'm delighted to be here. Also joining us today is Dr. Krista Austin. Krista is an exercise physiologist and nutritionist who consulted with the U.S. Olympic Committee and the English Institute of Sport. She has a PhD in exercise physiology and sports nutrition, a master's degree in exercise physiology, and is a certified strength and conditioning specialist. Dr. Austin, are you ready to talk about ketone esters with us today? I sure am for performance and health. Well, I'm Andrew, the average triathlete, voice of the people, and captain of the middle of the pack. As always, we'll roll through our warm-up question, settle in for our main set topic, and then wind things down with our cooldown. Lots of good stuff. Let's get to it. Time to warm up. Let's get moving. A typical TriDot podcast episode has a fun triathlon-themed warm-up question, but this is not a typical TriDot podcast episode. And so I will not be asking a typical triathlon warm-up question. With two well-studied and well-respected scientists on the show today, I've got a science-themed warm-up question for us today. Professor Clark, Dr. Austin, when you think back to the earliest days of your science education, whether it was in, in grade school or high school or university, what is the very first science experiment that you remember conducting? Professor Clark, what was it for you? Well, the one I really loved was the ice block experiment. Um, this is when you take blocks of, ice, blocks of ice and put them out in a field and cover them with material, either white material or black material, and then you watch and see how fast they melt. Yeah. And in that experiment, you're converting light into heat. And because black absorbs all light, it heats up much faster than the white material. So this is, and so the, the black ice block melted much, much faster than the white ice block. So that was my experiment. I thought it was fantastic. So Professor Clark, what, what age were you when you were conducting that experiment? Can, do, you, do you remember what grade you were when you were uh, uh, kind of working on that? Oh, I can't remember. Probably, <laughs> probably about 13 or 14, I'd say. Okay, very cool. Uh, Dr. Austin, do you remember what that very first science experiment was for you? Well, my grandfather bought like one of these science kits that you buy for kids with like the test tubes and the little things they teach you to mix so you can do like cool little experiments. So that's what I actually first remember in terms of... Okay diving into science. So now whether or not I can remember the exact like experiments you're supposed to run, I don't, but it was kind of a cool little kit, had it in the basement, could make a mess, which is where every parent wants their, their kids to, to go and make the mess. 
And it really was probably my first step into any form of science. Now, did I know at that point I was going to have this big science background? No, absolutely not. Um, but at the end of the day, it was probably the springboard, whether I realize it or not. And so that's where I got my start. And then probably until I really got into college and started doing scientific experiments, I don't remember everything we actually did in classes. There was a lot of, you know, test tubes and chemicals and things like that, that we worked with. But to be honest, you kind of have the kid memory and then you have the adult memory where it got very, very real <laughs> in terms of what you were responsible for. So, well, being the non-scientist in the bunch today, um, I, I somehow very clearly remember my first science experiment. I believe I was in third or fourth grade here uh, in, in my uh, elementary school in Florida, and uh, it was the first year that we had a science fair, and we all had to, you know, we, we were taught all about the scientific method and forming a hypothesis and testing out that hypothesis and reaching a conclusion, and uh, you know, we were told by our teachers to come up with our own experiment. We would have to present it. Uh, to the rest of the class, and I thought, uh, little third grade Andrew Harley thought it would be a lot of fun to get on the roof of our house in Florida and test gravity by throwing different um, sized pins and pencils off of the roof uh, uh, of our house, and my, my parents, for some reason, um, thought that was an okay thing to let a third grader do, and so that's what I did. Thankfully, no injuries were uh, sustained while doing this, but um, I, I went up there and, and that's what I did. Because of gravity, they all hit the ground at about the same rate. So uh, I, I do wish that my parents had kind of pointed me in the right direction and said, hey, you know, really cool idea, but uh, maybe let's throw um, um, some some different objects off the roof, like maybe a bowling ball and a couch cushion, uh, as opposed to just pencils. I don't, I don't know why I decided to go with pencils and pens, but that's what I did. And uh, it, it was a, a, a great time. To, to a third grade boy to get on the roof of his house and throw things uh, off of it. So uh, anyway, hey, we want to hear from our audience on this question. Um, I, I Again, not a triathlon question, but still a fun one to answer nonetheless. And I'm excited to see um, for our audience what your very first science experiment was. So make sure you are a member of the I Am Tridot Facebook group. We have thousands of uh, triathletes just talking swim, bike, and run every single day of the week. Uh, and so go today, find the post on the Facebook page uh, that asks you this question. What was the very first science experiment you remember taking part in? On to the main set. Going in three, two, one. The whole team here at Tridot has been learning from Oxford University professor Kieran Clark, founder and CEO of T Delta S Global, about the performance and health benefits of drinking the revolutionary Oxford ketone ester called Delta G. Professor Clark led the effort to develop Delta G, which is now available in three strengths, 10 grams for health, 25 grams for performance, and 32 grams of raw ester for that extra mile. Delta G is a powerful fuel that augments physical performance, sharpens mental acuity, and supports your metabolic health. I recently tried the Delta G 25-gram ketone performance drink for a 20-minute bike power test. With Delta G in my system, I averaged 4 watts higher than I was expecting with a lower heart rate than I typically have during an FTP session. I'm excited to continue using Delta G in my own race prep. So instead of worrying about running out of fuel at the most crucial time of your next event, try Delta G for yourself and gain the confidence that your Delta G drink can give you that wind at your back feeling all the way to the finish line. At DeltaGKetones.com, they even offer free 15-minute one-on-one consultations where you can learn more, ask questions, and receive a free bottle of Delta G with your order. So again, that's DeltaGKetones.com and use the code TRIDOT20 to get 20% off your super fuel Delta G ketone drinks. There are numerous products marketed to we, the people of triathlon, that promise some form of a performance boost just by purchasing and using this revolutionary one-of-a-kind product. Many products can't exactly back up that claim, so the products that can definitely deserve our attention. Ketone esters are an exciting fuel source that are scientifically proven to enhance both physical and cognitive performance in athletes of all abilities. So it's an honor to be joined today by the creator of the Delta G Oxford Ketone Ester, Dr. Karen Clark. 
and our nutrition guide, Dr. Krista Austin, to learn how to leverage ketones in our training and racing. Professor Clark, we've already heard about your very first science experiment in our warm-up question today, but let's talk a little bit more specifically about your background in academia. What steps along the way led to your appointment as professor of physiological biochemistry at the University of Oxford? Well, I studied biochemistry in my undergraduate degree, and in that I just love metabolism. So I thought, well, I'll become a dietitian. Um, but in fact, I, I was a terrible dietitian. I, I was a total disaster. So I, I then became a hospital biochemist. And after a couple of years, I thought, I just don't want to do this for the rest of my life. And so I went back to university and did a PhD in energy metabolism. And at that time, we were using MR spectroscopy. So this is the 1980s, would you believe? And MRI hadn't been invented then. So this was before MRI. And we were using spectroscopy to measure energy levels in the heart. And because MR spectroscopy was really expensive, there are only a couple of places in the world where I could do a postdoc. And they were either Oxford or Harvard. So I went to Harvard to carry on more experiments. And then I went to um, Canada, uh, where I worked for the National Research Council. And finally, uh, in 1991, I went to Oxford, and I've been here ever since. So you started working with ketones in the year 1993. Uh, what sparked the interest in ketones, and what did your early research in this field look like? Well, I was using MR spectroscopy to measure energy levels in the heart, and um, this person from the NIH called Richard Veach visited the lab and he wanted some experiments done and we were one of the few places that could do these experiments with ketones and I thought oh you know I really didn't want to do it but I thought well I'll just get rid of him and I'll just do the experiment and uh and so we did the experiment and that was there was no looking back because it was just amazing when you perfuse the hearts with um, with the ketones, the energy levels went sky high. And so I realized that that there was really something in these ketones. So Professor Clark, I mean, just how cool to think to your own scientific career from, from starting with the experiment you told us about in our warm-up question to, to now where you're literally studying the effects of ketones on a human heart. Uh, I mean, just such cool science. And as you're describing, I mean, Dr. Austin is is on our video chat right now, just nodding her head. And, and you can tell she's just totally taking in everything you're saying and, and super interested in, in the science here behind all this. So it sounds like from your early research on ketones, I mean, you weren't expecting uh, ketones to make a, a big difference at, at all. Is, is that correct? I wasn't expecting any difference. I, I there, there would be no difference at all, and then I could just get rid of this old man. <laughs> well, all, all of us that are about to benefit from uh, using Delta G and, and using ketone esters in our training and racing are, are very, very glad that you latched on to, to this science and that you you fully fleshed out the research that, that you have. So in, in the year 2003, the American military reached out to you, and they were interested in creating a fuel source for soldiers using ketones. Tell us about that process and how it led to the Delta G drink that we know today. Well, this was the start of the Iraqi war, the Iraq war. And um, uh, what was happening was that um, the U.S. Army was sending their soldiers out onto battlefields for about five days. And by day three, they'd thrown away all the things out of their MRIs that they didn't like to eat. And so... Um, they didn't have any food, and so they were more or less starving. And uh, and so then they lost the ability, you know, physical ability, uh, and they also lost cognitive function. And the worst part of that was that they started um, shooting anything that moved, and usually it was each other. And the army was not pleased with this. So they wanted a way to keep their soldiers going, a sort of a really high energy source for their soldiers to keep them going in a battlefield. And that's what we were asked to do. So we hear that story about the American military uh, you know, needing ketones as a fuel source. And we talk about ketones as being 
a form of instant energy. Uh, and we know as athletes, we can consume it and it gives us energy in our training and racing. Uh, but, but I have this question and I, I think a lot of our listeners will also have this question. Um, what, what exactly is a ketone? Uh, just, just scientifically, what makes it different and useful as a fuel source for athletes? Well, um, the, the ketone is actually made from fat, which is a really big molecule and takes ages to break down. However, when you haven't eaten or when you're on a keto diet, the fat goes to the liver and the, the liver breaks it down into ketones, into very small molecules, even smaller than glucose. So only four carbon molecules. And it's because it's so tiny that it can be used really, really quickly by the body. So, and, and it can be used in just about every organ of the body. Um, and so, but normally it's, it's just produced for the brain. So when the fat levels in the body are high, then the ketones are used for cognitive function in the brain because the brain can't use fat. So you have the grant from the American military and you're, you're working on turning uh, ketones into a fuel source for soldiers. Um, and as you're doing that, you, you kind of, you develop the drink, you develop a, a consumable version of, of a ketone and you started to realize its potential for athletes. Um, so, so what testing did you do with athletes to, to kind of fully vet Delta G as a proven instant energy source for athletes? Well, when, um, by the time we'd sort of developed this and gone first into humans, we, we tried it in humans, um, at a, a special center because we didn't know whether it would kill people. <laughs> so we, you know, we had no idea. And all the way through this, we kept thinking, oh, you know, this is going to fail. This has to fail. You know, we, it has to fail. This can't be real. And all the way through, it was working. And so uh, we eventually, um, uh, uh, UK Sport, um, which was the, the body that looks after the Olympics for the, for the UK, approached us, and this is about 2010, and asked, and, and they wanted to talk to us about the ketone. And we said, well, we haven't tried it. And I showed them this protocol that we'd written that was really complicated and would have taken years. And they said, well, that's silly. You know, don't do that one. We'll send you the best rowers in the country and just put them, put them on a rowing machine and see how they go in 30 minutes. And so that's what we did. And the rowers are fantastic. They're really competitive. So yeah. <laughs> they, they compete against each other and against themselves as well. And so they go flat out. And we ran a blinded study where they didn't know which was the, the worst-tasting drink, either the placebo or the, the ketone. And they most of them did a lot better so that there was a 15-metre difference in their 30-minute row. So there was no doubt that it was really working in humans. Now, j just so everybody's clear on this, uh, before you started testing this in humans, before you started testing um, ketone esters with uh, the, the military, with soldiers, and with athletes uh, in the lab, you, you started using it with rats. Oh, yes, of course. I, I watched a, a talk you gave, um, and, and it was just absolutely fascinating hearing you talk about the, the, test, the lab rat testing uh, of the, the ketone esters because... That, that there's an anecdote in there where you, you talked about how much rats hate to run. And, and the testing you did with rats involved rats having to run. And, and I, I got a huge chuckle out of it because there's a lot of triathletes out there who don't exactly like to run, and yet they've chosen to be triathletes. So uh, I, I think everybody will enjoy hearing a little bit about what that testing was like. How did the testing uh, work with the lab rats using the ketone ester? So, well, we we had rats on three different diets, on a carbohydrate diet, on a fat diet, and on a ketone diet. And um, uh, the, this was blinded so that the, the students who were running it didn't know which diet they were on. But um, So they were put on the diets, and then they had to run on a treadmill to exhaustion, and they had to run three times a day. So th this was because that that was what the army wanted. They had to run to exhaustion. So we we did this, but you could tell which ones were on the ketones because they kept going. They were going yeah. <laughs> much longer than the other rats on the other diet. So they went 
further. They didn't go faster, but they went a lot further on the ketone diet. So so it began, immediately became unblinded. <laughs> so we knew which was which. But the, the rats had to run to exhaustion. And, and when, at the very beginning, you know which rats are going to run because the rats that don't run would rather have a very small electric shock and then come off and then they're the controls, they're the sedentary controls then. So, uh, so that, that, you know, some rats just hate running. That's just what it is. So I feel much more caught up to speed on what a ketone is, you know, what, what your research at the University of Oxford was, was like and how the Delta G ketone ester came to be. So let, let's start moving on to the application for athletes. This is the stuff that I think is really going to be uh, of the highest use to our audience today. Um, who is this for? Is this for any triathlete? Um, is the Delta G ketone ester for athletes on keto? Is it for athletes that aren't on keto? and thus need the ketones? Is it for long-distance athletes? Is it for short-course athletes? Who is a candidate to benefit in their training and racing by using the Delta-G ketone ester? Well, well, the ketone is especially good for endurance exercise. So any exercise that goes for longer than 18 minutes or 20 minutes will benefit. Um, it's in, so the beauty of it, it can go with any diet. It doesn't matter whether people are on a keto diet or on a high carb diet, it still works. So, you know, it doesn't have to be added on to anything. Um, and it, it really is for an endurance performance. But then we've never actually studied it after, um, you know, a, say the um, 100 meter sprint. You know, you wouldn't have it before that because you need it needs oxygen to burn okay. it. So it's like any paper or anything that you burn, you need oxygen. It, so things don't burn without oxygen. And, and so uh, you, would, you need oxygen, which is why it's good for endurance. And a sprint is too anaerobic. So, you know, the ketones won't help and may hurt. We don't know. But um, you would certainly use it afterwards if there's any glycogen depletion because it helps build glycogen as well. Yeah, so even a, a super sprint or a sprint triathlon, um, the, those the effort an athlete is putting in on the race course for those events is is longer than the eighteen minutes you're talking about. We're we're, we're not out there doing a hundred you know meter sprints or, or or anything short bursts like that. So uh, so so the answer is, I mean, any triathlete it sounds like can benefit from uh, leveraging ketone esters into their their race day uh, fueling strategy. So. Um, Dr. Austin, you mentioned back on podcast episode 36 that ketone esters were one of the few scientifically vetted supplements that proved to boost athletic performance. Um, when did you become aware of ketone esters and when did you start using them with your own athletes? If I remember correctly, it was about the same time I found out the military had made them for a, a special operations unit that I was aware of. And I had some athletes who were offered a trial around the same point in time. And I hadn't really studied them. Um, in these athletes, we're trying to fuel them for Ironman. And I'm always big on how much energy can you take on during the, the bike, right? Um, and how much can you preload? Yep. You guys have heard me talk. And so ketone esters came around. One of my athletes said, what do you think about these? And I said, well, it's not you know, a banned substance. It's a supplement. And I said, um, you know, it's worth a try. We tried it in training, tough training sessions. And he came off and just said, I felt amazing. And so I said, okay, great. Let's try it in a 70.3. Recovered phenomenally well. Wow. By using it. And so we said, okay, we think we have something here. And then went into Kona that year um, and used them, used them very successfully. And I mean, the recovery off of Kona, especially in an elite Ironman athlete. I mean, he just recovered incredibly well, did incredibly well in the race. Um, and so I felt like we had truly found something that was working for him. And then for me, it, it started to kind of seep out into, you know, the, the more recreational athletes once they were, you know, really 
I guess, available here in the U.S. and easily accessible. And, uh, you know, I started doing things like, hey, you know, you need more energy. And you're dealing with business executives sometimes or people who just live like really busy lifestyles. And so they said, give me a sustainable fuel source. And so I've actually partnered partnered it over the years, uh, the ketone esters, with some UCAN because they'll want a nice low glycemic diet. Um, and they said, you know, I'm trying to work on certain goals. They want to stay very cognitively sound. And so we will actually use um, the ketone esters with the UCAN throughout the day to help give them stable blood glucose. And then, you know, the extra fuel that the ketone esters and the effects cognitively that the ketone esters can provide. So I've used them in a bunch of different ways, I feel like, um, with military personnel. Um, they have used them just to feel great. Gives them a boost of energy. Um, and so it's one of those things where they take it out for a rock. And I go, what happened? Looking at their heart rate. I mean, they were able to sustain this very high heart rate for a rock that was in sand. Um, it wasn't supposed to really feel good. I didn't yeah. anticipate, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Uh, anything like what we saw and the operator came off the rock and he said, Krista, those were a great recommendation. He goes, they're magical. And I said, okay, so we've got magical ketone esters. <laughs> Fantastic. So it's one of those things where they've always just kind of like seeped into different situations. Um, and I've really found that you know, in athletes or in military personnel or just even the more business executive type individuals, um, you know, you find a responder to them and it just does wonders for them. Um, I don't think it's just the energy source. I think it's also just the impact on the brain. Um, and, you know, I'm sure uh, we'll learn more about that. But I think there's a good bit on the physiological side that the ketone esters are doing, but there's also the ability to help on the psychological side as well. Um, so definitely something else to consider. Yeah. So Professor Clark, um, let, let's actually talk about that for a second, because I, I think I have a question uh, a little bit further down my my question sheet here uh, to to ask you about just what are the specific mental cognitive benefits of using a ketone ester? And I know that's something that uh, is is known about Delta G and ketone esters is that it can not only raise our physical performance but our cognitive performance as well. Um, can can you share a little bit about uh, the research behind that? Well, we, we well, start with the rats. Uh, we certainly, because they were exercising to exhaustion, we then tested them on a maze to see how well they did afterwards. And they always did better when they were on the when they had the ketone ester diet. So first of all, it works in rats. And secondly, um, people do claim, I mean, we've never actually studied it because I think, you would really see it when you are exercising to exhaustion um, more than just, you know, running around the block or something like that. So I think um, when people are really pushing themselves, that's when they really notice it. So, you know, if you're sedentary and just sitting in, sitting down and not doing anything, I'm not sure that you're really going to notice any effects on cognitive function. You may on anxiety, um, but not on, not necessarily on the way you're thinking. Yeah, I think just to kind of jump in there, you know, if you're talking to like a business executive, it may be the the state of the brain, um, mm -hmm. like the actual cognitive test. Like I think if you tested them, I don't know if they're going to perform better. But in terms of their stability, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think that's what they're getting out of it. Or they'll they'll say, you know, it, it gave me a good boost of energy. And it's like not a bad type of a boost. Mm. Like they would get maybe if you gave them a whole bunch of high glycemic carbs, probably get a boost then too. <laughs> yeah, but they said it really sustains them. You know, that's that's what I'm learning, um, I guess, over time. It's yes, just... yes. But it's very hard to test. Um, y y people do report that it, they just feel better when they're, they're having the ketones regularly. So, uh, I mean... We'll find out eventually, but, you know, I, I think that they do, they certainly work in rats, but, you know, it's very hard to find out um, objectively in humans. Would you use something like an fMRI to study that in humans? 
that's a good idea. I, I wouldn't mind. Um, oh, yeah. Okay. So that yes. So they've they've used um, they've certainly used MR to to look at anti aging effects. So so that's been done, but in normal people and nothing to do with exercise or um, anything like that. Just looking at um, stability in brain and. So um, as you age, the stability of the neurons changes and they find that with ketones it actually alters that stability and makes people look younger. <laughs> now, I was going to say that maybe we should take some humans and drop them into a maze, just like you did with the, the rats, and see how quickly the humans uh, on the ketone ester can solve the maze versus humans that are not on a ketone ester. But uh, I, I think Dr. Austin's scientific uh, suggestion here is probably more sound than mine, although mine uh, sounds a little bit more fun. <laughs> uh, so, so Dr. Austin, um, you know, you've referenced that you've worked with ketone esters in, in a couple different ways. Uh, into the nutrition regimen of many of your athletes. Um, what, what have you found to be just the most effective way of using ketone esters to boost athletic performance? Yeah, so most of the individuals I've worked with over the years um, on the sports side are Ironman athletes, right? They, they're the long course athletes. You know, I've had some sprinters for sure. And I'll just tell you, I haven't, haven't used them yet with the sprinters. Okay. Um, but in terms of long course athletes, what we've been doing is to take, you know, a dose of the ketone esters before they race, um, take one while they're on the bike, and then to again, take it after they race. Um, and it just really seems to do wonders for them. You know, I looked at it as an additional fuel source for the bike um, and the swim, because, you know, I'm kind of big on not taking a whole lot on while they're running. Um, and I was like, well, if we can give them the ketone esters, we can maybe spare, right? Some of the carbs we're, we're utilizing, give them a different fuel source. Um, so that's really where I've gone with it on the endurance side. You know, I've had some military guys who have taken it before, you know, these strong rucks. Um, and it seems to work well for them if they're a responder in those type of situations. Um, so that's, that's where I've gone with it. I think oftentimes the athletes I've worked with, they do what we call test sets. And the test sets are really designed to understand where they're at in training before they you know, go out and do a race. Or if I'm just looking at some of their sessions, I'm like, well, that's probably really going to hurt pretty bad. So why don't we try putting the ketone esters at least in before you do it? Um, and if it's uh, applicable during, then putting it in there as well. So that's been my approach thus far. I know, Dr. Austin, that you have your athletes use a ketone ester and not a ketone salt. Uh, we, so if athletes are out there and, and they're they're looking into different ketone products they can buy, that there's esters and there's there's the Delta G ester and then there's salts. Um, why is a ketone ester the superior option? So my understanding is that it raises the blood ketones faster, that it's more like a sharp rise. Um, the difference being in a ketone salt is that there's a more prolonged rise um, in the ketones, but it's not as sharp. I really have gone based on, you know, how well do they respond? And you remember, I was introduced first and foremost to a ketone ester. Um, and then someone asked me about the salts. And I said, well, I said, here's the answer. Test them both out. And I said, see what works, see what doesn't work. And they just got that much more of a benefit from the ester itself. So that's why I've gone with the esters over time is the feedback from actual human beings. So I got my hands on a three pack of Delta G performance uh, because I, I wanted to try it and just see what impact it made on my training um, as I prepare for my first Ironman, Ironman Waco. And, you know, that our, our athletes, you know, listening to the podcast, you guys have all heard about how long I've been training for an Ironman. Many of you for years now have been training for Ironman and they keep getting pushed back and pushed back and pushed back, but they're going to happen. Super excited to, to, you know, toe the line for my first Ironman. And, uh, you know, one of the benefits, one of the silver linings to these races getting postponed is that it, it's given me kind of some more time to play with my nutrition strategy. It's given me more time to, uh, to play with, uh, different products I can use on race day on, on the course. And, um, so, so I, I just wanted to see what a ketone ester supplement could do, um, for me, j just as fuel in, in a race scenario. So I've been, uh, I got my hands on a three pack. I, I, I used it for the very first time, uh, before a bike FTP test. I used it. Um, I, I used two more bottles for a stamina ride. Uh, and, and I've enjoyed, uh, get, getting to use the drink, uh, in a couple different ways. And, and professor Clark, I, I just wanted to say kudos to the team at Delta G, 
for just having excellent resources at deltaketones.com. Um, there I was able to read articles on the best way to use the drink uh, in different training sessions, uh, when to drink it, what to expect from it. Um, so Professor Clark, just for our triathlete audience listening today, um, who, who might want to do the same thing, they, they might want to try um, the Delta G ketone ester drink uh, in their training to, to see if it's a good fit for them to use on race day. Um, what are the usage recommendations that, that you have uh, for our athletes to use this in their training and then again on race day? I think that Krista may be better at answering this one than, than I am. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, I think it also depends on people's um, budget. So these ketone esters are very expensive. So, you, you know, if, if people can't afford a lot of ester, then probably they should, on light training days, they should probably just have it for recovery. Um, on heavy training days, they should have a drink beforehand and drink afterwards for recovery. Um, and on race days, I, I, well, first of all, I don't think they should, if the race is important, I don't think that they should try ketones for the first time then. Absolutely. Um, you know, because they need to know how they feel on them. So I think, let's say that they have tried them and, um, and they want to use them, then they have a drink, say, 20 minutes to half an hour before start the start of the race and then one another drink halfway through and then one at the end for recovery so th that's how i would recommend it but um I'd, I'd actually like to add a bit about the ketone salts now the salts don't raise the ketone levels to nearly the extent that the ketone ester does so they just get higher ketone levels with the ester, and that's because half of the salt is a, a racemate and it's not metabolised. So you're drinking an awful lot of salt for very little ketone that you can use. So, so that's one thing, one difference. And to match the ketone levels, you would have to drink sort of 25 grams of salt. Wow. Which is an <laughs> awful lot of salt. So, so it's not just that it works faster. It's actually more effective than a ketone salt. Yes. It, it, it's just you can get higher levels that are more effective. So at levels less than one millimolar beta-hydroxybutyrate, it doesn't work at all. One bottle or one serving of Delta G is 140 calories. Um, Dr. Austin, if I'm adding Delta G to my race nutrition regimen, do those 140 calories replace my need for some of the other calorie sources I would have consumed otherwise, or do you simply take it alongside of your typical fueling strategy? So I've always had athletes take it alongside their other fueling products um, as it, I feel like it serves a different purpose. I think, you know, everyone's different, right? And so if they're looking to economize and they feel like they can use the ketone esters and reduce the amount of other products they take in, by all means, I think, you know, they could use that approach. Um, so I think it's something that you need to work with to see always what's best for you. Um, depends on your approach. And I would just say, if you're going to work with the ketone esters, make sure you practice. Practice makes perfect. And make sure you know your other products really, really well. Um, and so some people may be able to reduce the amount of carbohydrates they take in if that's something they want to do by using the ketone esters. Um, really, I think it depends on how hard you have to work, how many calories you're going to burn through, and how much just, you know, caloric need in and of itself is going to impact you with regards to performance. Um, so at the end of the day, I would just say evaluate it, see what's best for you, and then go from there. Uh, take a look at your goals and, and make sure everything fits around that. So, Professor Clark, when an athlete tries Delta G like like I have, uh, and, and our whole team here at TriDot, just for the record, uh, you know, we've all been learning from Professor Clark about, um, you know, just the benefit of ketone esters, and and we've all kind of in training been been working it into our routine. We actually have Coach John Mayfield uh, tried a bottle of Delta G in one of his long bike rides, and so he 
at the time we're recording this podcast, he's racing Ironman Maryland uh, this weekend. And, and once this episode releases, he will have just finished Ironman Maryland, uh, hopefully, if everything goes well according to plan. Uh, I, I have nothing but full confidence and faith in him that he'll reach that finish line and that Delta G uh, can help him out. So I, I'm excited to hear about his experience using it on race day. Um, several of the rest of our staff are using it in, in their training right now uh, for their upcoming events. Um, so, so when somebody gets their hands on Delta G, they, they order a three-pack, they order the Delta G Performance or the Delta G Tactical, uh, and they try it in their training like like we have, um, how should they feel when they drink their first bottle of Delta G and what results should they expect in that first training session? Well, again, it comes back to it depends. It depends on how hard the training session is. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, one thing that you do have to remember is that you need other um, energy sources as well. So you need a, a glucose drink or some form of carbs when you have it because you need it to metabolize it. That's the first thing you have to remember. So okay. So this and and I I shouldn't plug another another product, but you can is really good. <laughs> I must say. I mean, I agree um, with you. Yeah, <laughs> because it, it goes up and and the levels of glucose don't go too high and they're perfectly stable. I think it's um, really a breakthrough. But anyway, I shouldn't be plugging that one. But um, but, but but you need the carbs with with the delta G with the ketone ester um, to metabolize it. You you also need to know what levels you're going. So if you go too high, then it won't work. So if you have too much, if you go much above three millimolar, it's not going to work because it stops you being able to use glucose. Okay. So there's always an interaction between the, your your um, nutrients. So they're, they're, always, they're always fighting to be the one that's being used. And so there's, there's, it's sort of like uh, yin and yang with the, the glucose and the ketone. So, so the ketone is there. It's sort of like the top-up fuel more than the basic fuel so you still need glucose and um so and you you can to have have too much ketone and you can have too little ketone so you sort of really have to play around with it and really try and understand what is happening and how you feel and basically it comes back to how you feel on it yeah that's super interesting and i know when someone goes to the website you have three different products that there's three different concentrations of the ketone ester in, in these drinks. There's the Delta G health, the Delta G performance and the Delta G tactical, um, and the Delta G performance, uh, I, I believe has, uh, 25 grams of, of the ketone ester in that one bottle. Yes. Um, and, and that's the one marketed for athletes. Is that 25 grams? Is that kind of the, the perfect amount for an athlete to take in their training and racing? Yes. The, so the Delta G was made for performance and, um, you wouldn't use the 10 gram one for performance because it's just not enough. Okay. It's, it's fine if you're using it um, to lose weight for intermittent fasting to stop feeling hungry, um, but it, it's definitely um, the Delta H isn't for performance at all. The tactical is for larger people um, and people who – don't mind drinking jet fuel. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's, it's the pure ester. Um, and so it hasn't been diluted or it hasn't got any sweetener, hasn't got anything else in it. Wow. And um, some people prefer it. And some people actually drink, um, you know, a teaspoonful, which is about five grams, in their coffee in the morning. And it just makes them feel good and it doesn't cost that much and so you know that's how some people use tactical um other people you know larger people really do need the tactical um and eventually they can learn how to drink it yeah personally i can't i it's just too much for me yeah let's talk about the taste of delta g because it, it's kind of fun to talk about it's kind of fun to, to kick around I, I know i was the first one on on trot staff to drink Delta G. And then, so I was very excited to hear uh, the rest of the team's experience with their first drink of Delta G. The first time I had Delta G performance, it was about 20, 30 minutes before a bike FTP test. I was doing a 20 minute 
FTP test, and um, I was excited. It, it was a great workout to do um, to see from one month to the next. I, I didn't expect a big jump in power. I didn't expect a, a huge change in the amount of power I was able to produce in 20 minutes, and so um, I, I thought it was a perfect opportunity to see with a ketone ester in my system, uh, you know, how much it helped tangibly my, my performance from just one month to the next. Um, and, and so about 20, 30 minutes before that FTP test, um, I, I was in the kitchen with my bottle of Delta G, um, about to take my first, um, bottle of it. And my wife was working in our study just a few rooms away. And my wife heard the moment that I took my first sip of Delta G. Um, I, it, it went down fine. I, I got it down just fine. Uh, but but I did make a noise. <laughs> and, and she heard it, and she knew exactly what had, what had gone down. Um, but, but, but anyway, so what it reminded me of was, um, have you heard, uh, in the UK, I don't know if you have it, but have you heard of the drink uh, Palm? Oh, yes, yes, yes. Okay, so so palm is a a pomegranate uh, juice drink, and, and I know that the the Delta G performance it, it kind of has a berry flavor uh, to it, and so it, it reminded me of a very concentrated version of drinking palm, yeah. um, and, and it went down just fine. And I actually, um, you know, I, I took my first bottle of Delta G performance before that FTP test. Um, I drank my second and third bottles um, in a stamina session, and I actually liked. Um, having it in the middle of a stamina session because you're on the bike for for hours and, and you're doing nothing but but just taking sweet gels and sweet electrolyte beverages and it's all fruity flavors and in and, and, and the middle of that workout when i took that bottle of, of delta g performance um that that punch to the mouth that you get um it, it really just kind of woke up my senses and it just kind of woke up my, my brain there for a second and and i actually liked that it, it was a very um kind of kind of waking up uh kind of feeling so when you were first developing the drink uh and you were trying to make it as as flavorful and as pleasurable for somebody to drink as possible you're trying to make it palatable to an athlete uh you, you yourself i mean you, you you were drinking it you were drinking different flavor combinations with it um, what was that process like and how did you land on the, the drink version we know today that is Delta G performance? Oh, well, we weren't trying to drink it straight. Okay. So we were trying to, so, and we were making a citrus flavored drink at the time. Okay. With, yeah. Um, I found it very hard. I, yeah. I really didn't enjoy drinking <laughs> it at all, but my husband loved it because he was, um, one of these Strava cyclists, you know? And uh, and he thought it was fantastic because he broke all his records. That's amazing. And, and he actually looked better on the bike than people who were much younger than him. So he thought it was wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it's horses for courses, I think. Um, so, uh, yes, I we tried to mask the taste, or, or but it's actually the ester itself that tastes terrible. And there's just nothing you can do about it, you know. And then it just tastes terrible. That's what it tastes like. And if you've got a diester, it tastes twice as bad. Yeah. So if I know anything about triathletes as a people group, uh, you know, we we will do anything it takes for a uh, edge on race day. And, and so if uh, if a drink that just doesn't taste great is the the, the ticket, uh, I think a lot of athletes out there will, will still be interested in uh, in using Delta G. And, and and you know what? I mean just as a people group, we almost revel in the challenge of something. And so I found that it went down just fine. And honestly, each bottle that I did drink in my training, um, you know, it got easier and easier as I was more used to, um, kind of the, the punch to the mouth that, that it gives you. And like I said, you know, I really felt like it just kind of woke my senses up uh, a little bit when I, uh, drank it mid workout. And I, I did, um, professor Clark, exactly what, what you told us to do with the tactical. Um, I, I got a bottle of the Delta G tactical, which is unflavored. It's just the raw ester. Um, and, and you talked about how ketone esters and caffeine have a great relationship where the ketone ester kind of magnifies the effects of caffeine, uh, in, in your system. And, and so, you know, we, we talked about, uh, morning coffee. I love morning coffee. And, and you told us on a call, you were like, take, take a tea, just a teaspoon of the Delta G tactical and pour it into your uh, cup of morning coffee, uh, and, and just see what, what it does. And, and I, 
I tried that on a Friday morning at, at work, and oh my goodness, like our our longtime athletes uh, that listen to the podcast will know I am historically not a morning person, um, and I I was just killing it that morning. I was focused, I was awake, I was perky. I was I was probably talking a little too much for my wife that particular morning, uh, but 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 I I enjoyed it. I enjoyed that that little pick me up in my cup of coffee. So ca- caffeine is a, a a legal thing that that we can take on race day, and and a lot of athletes might be looking for uh, that edge. They might have a, a caffeine product that they already take at certain points during their races. Um, so so just talk to us about that relationship between um, ketone esters and caffeine. Right. Well, well, caffeine is a stimulant, so that takes energy out. Sort of um, the mitochondria make ATP, which is energy, and the the stimulant makes the mitochondria make more and so what the ketone does is it feeds in the other side so it provides energy to the mitochondria for the caffeine to use and so it's sort of like instant energy in and energy matching energy out and um and that's why it's good because it's just so quickly metabolized and it provides instant energy for that caffeine to use. Yeah, very cool. So they're both very complementary. Yep, I, I am a big fan of anything that will uh, heighten the effects and the impact that my morning cup of coffee has on my system. So yes, I will definitely be continuing to use the Delta G Tactical um, just as a morning pick-me-up from time to time. Um, now, Professor Clark, every triathlete is different in terms of how we consume our nutrition on the race course. Um, you know, some folks, they, they like to take their calories and their electrolytes and their water and just mix it all together in the same bottle. Um, you know, some folks like to, to keep things separate and, and kind of graze throughout the day. And, and so every, every athlete's strategy is, is a little bit different. Um, I, I, myself, I'm an athlete that uses, you can, um, you know, you spoke very complimentary of you can a little earlier uh, on the podcast. Dr. Austin is, is a fan of you can as well. Many of our coaches and athletes use you can, uh, many of our coaches and athletes use other products as well. Um, so, so I want to just hear you speak to Delta G's ability to to mix with other products and, and kind of how it should fall in line with the other things we're using on the race course. And and something I actually did, we talked about how I took the Delta G tactical uh, per your recommendation and I poured one spoonful in my morning coffee. Well, the rest of that bottle uh, was still pretty full of the, the remainder of the Delta G tactical. And so I, I waited for a long workout and I, I decided to, to do a little experiment of my own. And I poured the rest of that Delta G tactical in the serving of UCAN that I drink before a long workout. And so before a long workout, uh, I have an eight ounce bottle of water. I put one unflavored serving of UCAN uh, super starch powder in that eight ounce bottle. Uh, and then I mix in uh, one serving of my precision hydration electrolytes. Uh, and, and so I was curious, uh, since my UCAN is unflavored, and the Delta G Tactical is just the raw ester, no, no flavor involved there as well, just the raw ester, and my Precision Hydration uh, ha- has a nice, um, so some sort of tropical fruity flavor, I-, I would guess, but has a nice, sweet, pleasant flavor. I was curious to see, between the raw ester flavor and the Precision Hydration flavor, which one would win out? And I got to tell you, Delta G flavor won out. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, it-, it-, it was it was plain as day. It was there. Uh, the, the precision hydration flavoring did not mask the, the raw esters presence at all. Uh, but, but actually, I actually really enjoyed drinking the tactical in that way. And I felt great, uh, during that bike session, having had the tactical in my system beforehand. Uh, I, I really thought it, it felt like an effective way for me to mix in, uh, a ketone ester into my training and racing is maybe just using the, the, the tactical. So, so just, just regardless of what an athlete's uh, nutrition strategy might be, since we are all a little bit different. Um, can Delta G be mixed uh, with other products in that way, or is it best to keep it separate and just drink it straight out of its own uh, bottle? Oh, no, it should be mixed. So the best thing is to mix it. Um, you know, it just depends on, again, what you're doing. But, for you know, what you did was perfectly correct. That was what you should have done. Um, and that's what we actually do in experiments now in Oxford. We mix it with, um, you know, glucose sources and other things like that. So for athletes out there who are interested in trying uh, the Delta G ketone ester, um, so, so the recommendation really, the, their options are, um, first of all, you know, you know, buy, buy a pack, um, you know, use it in your training, make sure to grease with your body, make sure you, you like uh, the impact it has on your body and your training. Uh, and then once you've decided to use it on race day, you, you can either you know, mix it in, uh, 
with with your UCAN or with whatever whatever product you're using uh, as your carbohydrate source. You can mix it in with that and just consume it all at once, or you can keep it in its own little bottle and you can have it before the race. You can you can uh, leave those bottles in transition to take in transition. You can leave those bottles, um, you know, in, in your back pocket to drink on the bike. You can leave those bottles in your in your um, special needs bags on the bike course and run course to, to visit, you know, wh- wherever you plan on drinking it, you can kind of strategically place the bottle along your race route, um, to kind of get a, a serving of the ketone ester every two to three hours. Um, is, is that all, is that all correct? Uh, professor Clark? Correct. That's perfectly correct. Something that's mm-hmm. come up a, a few times on the podcast today and in our conversation is the recovery benefits of using a ketone ester as well. Um, I, I know that that's, that's a benefit of Delta G that, that you market. I know that it's, um, something Dr. Austin, uh, you, you've referenced a couple times on, on the podcast today, just how you, um, in your own athletes just, just were amazed at how quickly they were recovering from their harder sessions, uh, when they were using a ketone ester. And, and so j- just tangibly professor Clark, w- what is happening in our bodies on the ketone ester, um, that that's have, that's helping us recover faster having used the ketone ester. So, so by providing um, a, an alternate source of or fuel source, it provides uh, glucose. I mean, it, it directs glucose into glycogen, so you get your an increase in glycogen stores much faster with the ketone ester. Uh, it also stops breakdown of muscle, so it prevents breakdown of muscle, and it's also an anti-inflammatory. So it stops inflammation as well. Okay. So, um, so for all of those reasons, so it's it's not just a fuel; uh, it is also a signaling molecule that is set there so that it helps you recover faster. Well, at the time that we're recording this podcast, um, I just had a four-hour stamina bike ride uh, just four days ago. Um, I, I had, I had a run, you know, a 20 minute run after that ride. And, and I'm still four days later, I'm still sore and, and fatigued, uh, in my muscles from that session. So I, I've had Delta G performance and tactical, um, you know, during my workouts, I, I have not tried, uh, drinking it on, on the back end after a session, um, to, to kind of help spark that recovery. So, uh, I, I need to place my second order my, myself <laughs> of, of Delta G. And that, that's something that I'm, I'm going to factor in is okay. You know, I, I know it like, I, I like the performance benefit it gives me, um, during my sessions, but I, I'm very interested to, to take it during my next, you know, five, five and a half hour, um, you know, Ironman Waco training session, uh, and, and see how it kind of sparks my recovery. Try it. So try a half a bottle of tactical and just see, um, mix it with something else, mix it with, some other source of um, glucose. You don't have to drink a full 25 grams. So you, so you just drink a half a bottle of tactical. It'll work. Yeah, I'll, I'll just have to add uh, the, the tactical to my post-workout recovery smoothie and just see how it goes. It'll break the taste, but yeah. <laughs> Professor Clark, Dr. Austin, just to wrap us up today in the main set, you know, what is your final word on this topic? Why are ketone esters and triathletes just such a good match? Well, Bottom line, it has the potential to improve the recovery process. That is the biggest thing that I have seen. Um, and everyone needs that, right? Probably not just triathletes. There's probably a lot of people that would say, hey, I'd take anything that'll help me recover. Um, but with what triathletes put their bodies through, especially the long course athletes, I think anything that's going to enhance the recovery process is great for them to focus on. Um, so think recovery when you think ketones. Uh, the ketone ester is perfect for triathletes simply because of the extent uh, to which they exercise. So it's really an, an endurance exercise and it, it goes along for hours sometimes. And I think that that's exactly what the ketone ester needs. So for short bursts of um, exercise, it really doesn't show up, but for a long burst of exercise, it really can be seen to be effective. Great set, everyone. Let's cool down. Last week on the podcast, we had what might be one of my favorite warm-up questions uh, we've ever done. Uh, the the warm-up question we asked was, if you were in a triathlon-themed band, what would the band name be? And bonus points for the name of your first hit single. Now, I went with the band named The Endorphins, and our first hit single would be called The Iron Man Shuffle. 
And uh, I, the, the responses from the Trout family were just fantastic. I was laughing my head off. You, you know how, like, you know, when you text somebody, LOL, uh, and, and you're usually when you text that, you're not actually laughing out loud, but you want them to know that you chuckled internally at what they said. Um, a lot of your responses to this question, I was actually laughing out loud at my desk watching them come through. Um, and so I just wanted to close the show today by reading some of your responses to that question. If you were in a triathlon-themed band, what would the band name be, and what would be the name of your first hit single? So here's a few of our wonderful responses. Uh, Ernie Casada said the Tri Daughters would be the band named, uh, and the first hit single would be Unicorn. So all of our Tri Daughters out there who have ever gotten that precious 100 score in a workout, you know how uh, how great of a feeling that is, uh, and Ernie wants to capture that in a hit single, and I'm all for it. Uh, Gina Welk. Uh, she said this. She said, I've been waiting for this question. Uh, Gina, if you were waiting for the question, you could have uh, re- recorded your voice asking this question, and I would have asked it a long time ago. Uh, but she said she would be in an all-girl group called the Tri-Chicks, and their first hit would be Fit to be Tried. So great stuff there from Gina. Matt Ierson uh, said that his band name would be Off the Bike. And their first release, I loved this, their, their first release would be called The Dark Place. Uh, we've all been to a dark place on a race course, and man, to capture that in a song uh, would be fantastic. Alex McWhorter uh, said that her band name would be The Crawlers, and their first single would be We've Almost Made It. So that single would uh, perfectly encapsulate what it means to be a crawler on the race course. Uh, a, a lot of people, Alex, I'm sure heard that. Um, band name and song, and it just took them back to that moment in their Iron Man or Half Iron Man when they were uh, just gutting it out to the finish line there at the end. Uh, Mike Loftus, this this is one of my favorite ones. He said his band name would be the Porta Potties, uh, and their first release naturally would be "It's Nice to Be Needed." So nice to be needed by the Porta Potties. Uh, you know, Porta Potties are very needed uh, at, at every race venue. That's for sure. And then Lenora Taylor Branham, she said this, uh, the band name would be The Fast Chicks, Chicks with an X at the end, not a CKS. Um, and, she, and she gave a couple different singles that would be on uh, The Fast Chicks album. Um, she's Glossy AF, which I love, a lot of great attitude there. His Finish Line is Mine, uh, which, which you know, that's I can just hear the gospel track behind that one right now. Uh, and sure to win an Emmy with what? Wet Ass Trisuit. Um, I lost my mind when I uh, saw her song suggestion for Watt. Uh, if you get that joke, you get it. If you don't, you don't. Uh, but we can all agree that's hilarious. Uh, Trot Out Coach Louise Stridum, she said her band name would be called the 3090s. Uh, everybody who's done the 3090 bike workout on Trot Out will appreciate the humor there. Uh, their first album would be The Stamina Sessions. And the first uh, single release would be Lost in Transition. Lost in Transition from The Stamina Sessions. Keith Emmer said that his band name would be called The Chafers, and their first hit single would be Ice In My Shorts. Joe Chu, his band name would be The Saddle Sores, with the hit song Peeing While Cycling. Vanessa Ronksley, band name The Foggy Goggles, with her hit song Transition Time. So, But between the first release, uh, Lost and Transition, and the hit song Transition Time, a, a couple good transition-themed songs here from our triathlete bands. Um... Ande Wegner, she said that her band name would be On Your Left with the hit song Watts, which naturally would be a spinoff of LMFAO's hit song Shots. So instead of Shots, it would be Watts. And their second hit song would be DFL, which we all know what that means. And finally, um, I threw this out as a hypothetical saying, man, it'd be so fun to be in a triathlon-themed band. Uh, Trotout Ambassador Walter Cahill has actually been in a triathlon-themed band. The band name was Junk Miles, and their first hit single was Everything New on Race Day. And so, uh, Walter, we're all kind of just saying what we would do if we were in a triathlon-themed band, but Walter's like, hey, man, I've been there, I've done that, and this is what we did. Fantastic. You you one-upped all of us there, Walter. Uh, Good on you. And Walter even included a picture of himself playing in his band, Junk Miles, which we can all agree is a fantastic name for a band. And Walter wore his aero helmet on uh, upside down and backwards while he played on the stage. So fantastic, there, fantastic stuff there from my man, Walter Cahill. Well, that's it for today, folks. I want to thank Professor Clark and Dr. Austin for teaching us all about training and racing with ketone esters. 
Huge thanks to Delta G for partnering with us on this episode. To learn more about the performance-boosting benefits of Delta G ketones, head to deltagketones.com and use code TRYDOT20 for 20% off your order. On their website, you can learn more about fueling with Delta G ketone products. You can make a standalone purchase, or you can even subscribe for ongoing Delta G ketone deliveries. Or you can even book a free 15-minute video consultation with Brian, an expert on exogenous ketones and Delta G in particular, to discuss your individual goals and best choice of Delta G drink to exceed those goals. Enjoying the podcast? Have any topics or questions you want to hear us talk about? Head to trotout.com slash podcast to let us know what you're thinking. We'll do it all again soon. Until then, happy training. Thanks for joining us. Make sure to subscribe and share the TriDot podcast with your triathlon crew. For more great tri content and community, connect with us on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. Ready to optimize your training? Head to TriDot.com and start your free trial today. TriDot, the obvious and automatic choice for triathlon training. <laughs>